Doctor, it's Martha. And I'm bringing you back to Earth. 52 deaths at the exact same moment worldwide. <laughs> Who are you? I am General Star of the 10th Sontaran Battlefleet. We have an intruder! It's the Sontarans. They're in the file, code red Sontarans, but if they're inside the factory, tell them not to start shooting. Unit will get massacred. Is that what you did to her? Turned her into a soldier? What? Suntaric stare into the face of death. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and thank you, everyone, for joining. We are so very glad that you are here. Make sure if you're not already subscribed, go hit that subscribe button with whatever platform you're using and make sure that you are subscribed and getting the very latest episodes of Discussing Who. And again, we're glad that you're here. I'm Kyle Jones, and I would like to welcome back Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Hey, man. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, dude. I'm doing pretty good, too. So how was your week? Anything spectacular happen? Anything interesting? Uh, nothing to write home about. Uh, just happy to be back, man. All right, good deal. Well, glad to have you back and glad to also have with us Mr. Lee Shackelford. Lee, what's going on with you? How are you? I'm okay. I am really okay. Um, we had a flood come through our house and we're in the counting our blessings mode. So I'm sitting here amidst a pile of uh, ruined sheetrock and insulation and uh, all of my favorite podcasting equipment went down with the Went down with the ship, so I'm here on a different microphone, which sounds or may sound strange, and in a big echoey room. But uh, uh, yeah, as 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 always happens in these things, we say, well, the the people are okay, and the things are just things. Oh yeah, so, yeah, so and, uh, and that is quite true. And and let me say for a moment that you surprised me in a good way because mm. I reached out to you. I think it was Sunday evening, offering the thought of. Hey, we'll come up with something else to do. We'll postpone for a week because I didn't want to like give any stress of, Hey, it's Tuesday night and you've just had a flood. You know, Hey, we'll, we'll, and you are here and you were wanting to record. Amazing. So simply amazing. Yeah. My hat's off to you. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I, I think I've always believed that it's, um, it's a good practice when things are weird. To do something familiar in the midst of it, you know, if it's as simple as brushing your teeth, just something that you always do. And so I was very glad that Tuesday was coming so I could get here with the two of you and talk about Doctor Who. Well, woohoo for you. you. We're going to talk about Doctor Who. Well, that's uncommonly kind of you. Thank you. On a show called Discussing Who, we're going to yeah. talk about Doctor Who. So I actually have some Doctor Who news. How about that? I do, too. All right. Well, you get to go first. What have you got? Oh, thank you. I don't know if you can hear that or not. Uh, a little bit. I'm just holding my Kindle up to the microphone. It's Ark in Space on the new Doctor Who channel on Pluto TV. So for free, Doctor Who 24-7 uh, on this uh, very popular web app. Um I, I have it on my Kindle, and I just carry it around with me everywhere. And I usually use it to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000. But now I can watch Doctor Class episodes of classic Doctor Who. So how about that? Well, I'm going to color that as colored in the color of Great Minds Think Alike, because that was ah. one of my pieces of news. Outstanding. And it looks like this is, like you said, Pluto TV, and it is on a pop-up channel, and it's got about 200 episodes of the cult favorite sci-fi series. And the Doctor Who classic snob in me came mm -hmm. out when I was reading the synopsis when it said, the first seven Time Lords all plural, from BBC's Doctor Who have landed on the free streaming service Pluto TV. Mm. Yeah, they're not the first seven Time Lords, but we, we'll still give somebody uh, points for yes. at least counting to seven. Yes, agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. 
Well, I do have one other piece of news, and Clarence, I think you will appreciate this one. I saw this late last night, and it is uh, currently, if you want to find out more about this, go to our Discussing Network group on Facebook. Just go to groups and look up Discussing Network. I shared this article that I found on the Internet on there. It was a an opinion piece, but the person writing it was speculating what would a Christmas special be like that was a mashup between the current TARDIS crew and the crew of Star Trek Discovery. I did see that, yeah. I purposely haven't read it yet because I <laughs> because I, I wanted to like just curious, you know, just kind of let it ferment in my brain of trying to put those yeah. two together. So Clarence, let me ask you, you're the Star Trek guy along with you and Lee both. What what do you think would would that be something that would just be weird or wow? Hmm. I I don't know if I'm too keen to these mat, uh mashups, matchups, whatever you want to call them. They're not really my thing. Um there's currently a Star Trek Transformers crossover mm-hmm. from IDW. Uh, they always sound weird to me. I don't know. They're, they're not really my thing, man. So I'm, I'm a pass, do a hard pass on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a hard pass for me, too. And you know what? It may be a hard pass for me, considering the fact I found it, I skimmed it, but I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, that should tell you something right there. Maybe so. But it, it got me thinking um, that and something else that happened today. I don't remember. It's been a long day. But um, didn't over the course of the last 10, 20 years, didn't we establish that Star Trek and the Green Lantern Corps are in the same universe? Isn't that now DC canon? Uh, I don't. I have no idea. I'm not saying uh, they didn't cross over. Yeah, maybe that's all. I'm just remembering another of these, uh, these uh, silly crossovers. But I thought that somehow it had gotten entrenched in one of the other official canons. That the other exists. See, I, I, you know, I kind of want to go the route that Clarence did of saying, you know, how uh, the mashups just don't quite fit. Because yeah. I remember several years ago there was a Doctor Who crossover with Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yes, when Matt Smith was the Doctor, Eleventh yes. Doctor, and Captain Picard. Yeah, and it just felt weird. No, it's a yeah. stunt. It's just a stunt, and I yeah. yeah. Yeah, currently our friends over at Rally Breach have been covering the mashup of, wait for it, Batman and the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> See, I totally get that. No. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm old enough to remember when uh, Superman fought Muhammad Ali in the boxing ring. Oh, yeah. That, now, that was awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> that actually did make sense. But, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I can see where you have two comic properties, because I remember when DC versus Marvel, there was an actual book, DC versus Marvel, at Mm -hmm. one point. And it made sense because comic book characters meet comic book characters. Yeah. But I've still got that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just, you know, I just thought, hey, to a, a mashup of two of the things that we do podcast about, uh, you know, <laughs> discussing Trek and then discussing who I, I just thought, Hey, this is too not, you know, you just could not, not t- mention it. So true. True. So, so it's there it's as if they were somehow, what's the word I'm looking for? Networked, networked in they, some way. You know what? I think they remained connected. That's what it there was. You, you could also say that. I could also say that. But one more piece of news before we move on. If you are in Mississippi, June the 29th and 30th in the Jackson, hmm. Mississippi area, we will be on site uh, on the 29th for a Doctor Who panel for Mississippi Comic-Con. So, um, again, that's June 29th and 30th in Jackson, Mississippi at the Jackson Trademark Mississippi Comic Con. So, guys, do you have anything else in the news or before we get into the actual story that you might want to talk about? Not for me. Oh, not at all. All right. Good deal, guys. Well, if you are new to the show, we're about to tell you what's about to happen. If you are a longtime listener, then you know what time it is. My favorite time of the entire episode, which is for me to say, if you have not seen this episode, 
put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 So we are back. The spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review the Santarum Stratagem. It is the, or Stratagem. There you go. Blah, blah, blah. We are back to review the Santaran Stratagem. It was the fourth episode of the 2008 series of Doctor Who and features the 10th Doctor, Donna Noble, and the returning Martha Jones. It first aired on the 26th of April 2008 on BBC One in the UK. The story synopsis reads that 52 people across the world die at exactly the same time. Their only connection, they have Atmos installed in their vehicles. Martha Jones, using the phone that the doctor gave her at the end of Series 3, calls the doctor back to Earth. Clarence Brown, first impressions. What did you think? I loved seeing Martha back. (laughs) I thought that was... You know, uh, good to see her interact with Donna, of course. That was, uh, some awesome bit of interaction between the two. Uh, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I, um, again, another episode I didn't remember, but I did very much enjoy it. Enjoy it. I thought it was cool to see Unit in a slightly different light, I guess, to see Martha kind of running things. I thought that was pretty awesome. But overall, I, I enjoyed this first of the two parter. So we'll see where it goes. All right, Lee, what what say ye? Once again, we've got one of these episodes from um, a few years ago that I have not gone back to revisit because I just didn't feel motivated to do so. And when I watched it for our review, I said, this is a lot better than I remember. Why don't I watch <laughs> these episodes again? So, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this. How, how about you? I'm going to echo what the two of you said in saying, A, absolutely glad to see Martha Jones back. B, I have not gone back and watched this. And C, I enjoyed it a lot more than I remembered enjoying it the first time. So that's, you know, my... Um, so we're done. My Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next week on Discussing Who. But, but there is something interesting considering the fact that one of these characters has become one of my favorite quasi-companions in Doctor Who. This was the return in New Who... Of the Santarans. Mm. So question, Lee, what did you think of Santaran now versus Santaran classic? Well, I remember, this is one of the things I remember about when I saw this before, is that I was really glad the Santarans were, were coming back because I always thought they had a great potential in the original series, even if it wasn't always loved up to. And I loved the idea of making them, uh, casting them all, a lot smaller than most of the humans they're going to interact with. Um, and, and even making a joke about that, which always gets the bigger people punished. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you think we learn, don't, don't do that. Um, and then just the idea of misjudging somebody on the basis of appearance is, uh, is a doctor who theme, you know? Uh, and, um, now I'm blanking on the actor's name who is, um, Dan Starkey. Yeah, no, not, uh, no. Yeah. I, I was thinking that it was Dan Starkey. But it isn't. Now. You're oh. talking about the main com- commander, yes, the, right? The main, the, yeah. Um, it is his, his name is Christopher Ryan. He played General you. Stahl. Yes, and he and we remember him from uh, a beloved, um, <laughs> if really sad and weird, episode of uh, Adventure of the Fifth Doctor, in which he was uh, kind of a lizard thing, and. Um, Awful, awful person. And here he is back with that magnificent voice of his. So tiny little man with this gigantic voice. And that's it's perfect. It's completely perfect. And they kept enough of the the original design of the Santaran so that we recognize them immediately. But they did update, upgrade it with what we can do now with prosthetics and uh, a little more time with the, 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 the mask making and things like that. So it's just it's just all of the best, only better. I I, I love the the new Santarans. Mm. So Clarence, what about you? What was your impression of the Santarans? Um, I like how they were kind of hiding the, of course, with the mask on or the helmet on, um, and the big reveal of what they actually looked like. I thought that was pretty 
pretty fun. And again, you know, the, the short jokes. Um, overall, I don't know if they're meant to be menacing or playful. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> yes. you know, it, 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 because of their stature, it, it almost anything they, they do just comes off as like, you know, a little kid trying to fuss at you in a sense, you know, what are you going to do, little guy? <laughs> But I don't know. I liked them in this episode. They were fun. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of going to lean to what you said. I think even before we met Strax, you, you know, there there was just something about them that was not as menacing as I think if you were in a room full of Daleks or a, yeah. a room full of Cybermen. They just did not have that same menacing feel to them. I, and again, maybe it is the look. And I loved the throwaway line where someone even says, you look like, Mr., uh, you know, a baked potato because yeah. the joke was they used to look like Mr. Potato Head, especially in the classic. Yeah, it's like you talk do. like a Klingon, but you look like a potato. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you look like a baked potato. And you can be defeated by just pressing the button in the back of your head. Uh, that is that is one of the things about the Suntars that I've always thought is so stupid that it's um, it's embarrassing. And uh, I wish that they had figured out a workaround for that. But uh, it decided to, to build on it instead. I mean, I, I like the idea that as a warrior race, they know that they're never going to be hit there because nobody's ever going to be. They'll never have their back to their enemy. Yeah. Well, I like that. But still, if you're a warrior race, then let's make that the most protected part of your body. Don't you think? <laughs> let's... Make yeah. it so that nobody is going to ever. Yeah, yeah they, they obviously didn't take Doctor's uh, magnificent forehand into account with that. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, I I do think that technology and the way they were presented this time was, like you said, Lee, it was just so much better done um, than it was the last time. I, I just. I almost got the feeling of because they are clones of each other, it's not more so menacing than their stature or menacing as their great fighters, but menacing as there are so many of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the only time that I, I ever really felt scared of the Daleks is like in um, Parting of the Ways when they come out of their ship by the billions, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're like ants. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and I kind of got the, because did we ever establish in the classic series that the Suntarans were clones of each other? I don't remember that. But, you know, if there are, if you're going to cast a lot of actors who are the same stature and they never take their helmets off, you know, <clears throat> Star Wars, you can say that they're clones. And, uh, <laughs> True. Good point. Star Wars, like you said. Mm-hmm. So for anyone listening that may not be familiar with the Suntarans, a little bit of history here. They were first seen in the third Doctor story, The Time Warrior, and they were last seen on screen on that very good uh, episode, I think, which was episode number 86, our review of the two Doctors. That was the last time they were seen on screen. And, uh, notable to their first story, the third doctor met a young journalist who had infiltrated the complex that he was at. She was masquerading as her aunt. And that young mm-hmm. lady, of course, was Sarah Jane Smith. And I blush to admit that I can't remember what her aunt's name was. Lavinia. Lavinia. Uh, Aunt Lavinia something. Uh, give me just a second and I will know. Uh, no, I don't. I was just going to say. We met the third, the third doctor met Lavinia Smith. Yeah, maybe it yeah. was Lavinia Smith. Yeah. Maybe. We're going right. to go for it. We'll look it up. Yeah. We'll look it up later. All right. So, um, you know, we talked just a minute ago, Clarence, you said uh, in your initial thoughts, you liked the return of Martha. So one of my questions that I have written down for the two of you is between Martha at the end of series three, and between Martha, literally four episodes or Christmas special and four episodes later, returning now. Same Martha, different Martha. What do you think? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like it's the same Martha that we get when she leaves um, at at the end of, end of her run. 
Um, she's very much changed by the time she had trying to trying to build the troops, you know, to try to save the doctor. So she still retains all that experience, unlike, you know, the rest of the people. So I, I, I do feel like she's in that same mode or that same mind frame as she was by the end of her run. Hmm. Lee, what do you think? Uh, it's a really great question. Uh, I, since we've just been talking about how much I feel like Donna's character had to be sort of tweaked to to get her from runaway runaway bride into the story, and I feel like this is just who you'd expect Martha to be, and uh, I I really I like it. I really like what's happened. Is it? It's a little bit of Sarah Jane Adventures, as we were just talking about Sarah, right? That this we're going to pick up on the companion and find out that having traveled with the Doctor, they can't not try to be the Doctor now. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, and, and she's found a way to do it, and she's and she's she's being brilliant at it. Mm. So yeah. I remember when I watched this through initially, I just kept thinking, "Wow, Martha really has changed. Martha really has grown as a character." And I wish I could have seen this Martha throughout the entirety of series three. Hindsight being twenty twenty, and and the mindset of a reviewer going into it looking at it in a more critical mindset, I've changed my opinion and think, yes, it's like what you guys said. This is the Martha that we saw at the end of series three. It is because of series three that we have the Martha that we have in series four. So maybe my worldview has changed or whatever, but um yeah, I loved seeing her there. There was just a, self-assuredness and confidence about the way she portrayed the character and the way she was presented on screen that really was a good way to reintroduce her, especially putting her in the seat of power of her saying, I'm calling you and I'm bringing you back to Earth, not doctor, please come help me. It's doctor, this is Martha and I'm bringing you back to Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I I do like the fact that even though she's sort of Dr. Light now, um, I like the fact that she went back to doing her thing. She didn't leave on some grand accord of, you know, being some other being or out, you know, uh, frolicking <laughs> space. Uh, she went back to Earth. And, you know, if you look at new companions, um, not a lot of. Not a lot of them ended in the fashion she did. So I, I do like that she's still around. We can go back and see her. And um, she's just like a normal person. But, you know, it kind of doctor influenced. <laughs> yeah. 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 She mentioned her family. It was all about, you know, she mentioned to Donna that that's the thing that she hated most about traveling with the doctor. And that was another like good part of the episode, in my opinion, where uh, surprisingly, she kind of gives Donna the spill about the good and the bad, mostly bad coming from her at that point. (laughs) It's really surprising, uh, really surprising that she even gave that spill. But she, you know, she let her know, you know, she kind of warned her what's going on, which I don't know if a lot of companions get that opportunity to get that warning from another companion. Oh, yeah. Wow. Almost never, I wouldn't think. No, usually, you know, especially in the classic era, you had companion exit. You know, you never had them except, well, maybe in the very beginning, you had the carryover companion as they, you know, mixed in and out. Especially I'm thinking of Ian and Barbara with the people that were, you know, the ones that replaced Susan and then you had, of course, Jamie, who kind of transitioned. But after that, uh, you know, from the late 70s or through the 70s and the 80s, and I guess, you know, Lee, keep me honest here, up until the crowded TARDIS of the Fifth Doctor's era, you pretty much had coming and going as one to the other, not them ever meeting each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, there usually wasn't any uh, overlap. So, you know, you guys were talking about the conversations between Donna and Martha. So I want to switch to Donna and her family. What did you think of Donna and her family's interaction? Oh, how good to see Wolf again and, uh, and Donna's mother and, and, and to bring the doctor into it. I, I guess for story purposes, I was sort of wondering, are we ever going to explain any of these things to anybody else? We've seen the doctor with Donna and we've yeah. seen the doctor with Wolf. Are we now going to see, when do we see the doctor with Donna and Wolf so that 
he, the doctor, can make that connection and figure out what the relationship is. And then we get mom in there, too, who only knows him as the man from the wedding who made such she still blames for everything. So uh, so what fun to get the, all four of them in the same room while the doctor is trying to do something. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great moment for each of them to say, hey, it's you. Yeah, hey, you. <laughs> which, which I thought was, was um, definitely great. I love the, um, the Donna Wilford um, interaction that, you know, just for that brief moment, that was like almost not not a not man tears but like man just the i don't know why it was so emotional for me to see them two together but of course he saw last saw her um in the tardis flying away so i mean i think wolf is just like a loving character who you know who doesn't want this guy to be their grandfather because <laughs> he yeah even though he has any ideas he, he's fun and very very loving so i enjoyed seeing uh, him and Donna together on screen. I think it's magic when they're together. Uh, as well as, you know, seeing a doctor interact with each of them. Each of them. The mother was the mother, which I'm not too keen on her. She's <laughs> She is who she is, you know. But I, I thought it was fun. What about you, Cal? So interesting, you know, that, that you guys mentioned the mother. And I, let me uh, get um, a few comments about her for a moment. You know, obviously, I remember saying a couple of 10 episodes ago talking about Donna's I mean uh, Martha's mother and saying you know oh she made me so mad at this point but for something about Donna's mother you know I just saw her this time watching it as she is who she is because of the stress that she might be under and what made me think of that was actually when you said what you did about the, you know, Wilf being the grandfather and their conversation and their relationship between Donna and Wilf. And, you know, I'm putting myself into Sylvia's shoes for a moment and thinking she's a single mother now or a, or a single person now, but a widow, widower because her husband has died in story, even though they don't, they may have referenced that, but they, I know they reference it later on in the season, but she's now, you know, without her husband. She has her father living with her. She has her adult daughter living with her and, uh, times are tight. So I kind of gave her a buy a little bit because I'm thinking she's trying to make ends meet and She's got her father, she's got her daughter, she's got herself, and she, in story, if her husband has just died, is going through a lot of pain. So I kind of just kind of wanted to rationalize her a little bit more this time. Mm. Yeah, I think that's very generous. It's easy, I think, for a lot of us just to say, what a capital B. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but, you know, you're right. Of course you're right. But but I also have now I, I I will take a little bit back from me being right. But I, I also <laughs> have the mental note of watching to the end and knowing the character that she is at the end. So I, yeah. th- that does taint you know my perception just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Not not to get spoilery, but yeah, I I, I I'm afraid that I always think of her as being that person we're going to see last. And I just, yes. Yeah. It makes it hard. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and the last time we see her is a, you know, tearjerker moment, spoiler, but yeah, yes, it was. Um, especially when they say something that will probably be even more sad when we get to it anyway. So, um, let's talk a little bit about the semi junior bad guy of this episode, Luke Raddington. What did you guys think of this dweeb? <laughs> uh, oh, this dude, this guy. <laughs> um, it made me think a lot about our current situation where um, we see in government that a lot of the larger tech companies have been taking the task for various reasons, mostly privacy. Uh, but, you know, this is much earlier here. We see this little genius here. And he's apparently doing bad things. So, I, man, I, I want to know his motivation because I'm not sure I know it. He's obviously smart, or at least I'm thinking he's smart without the aid of the Centaurans. So what what's driving this guy to be so bad? Is it 
just two years or is there something pushing him to do this? I don't know. Hmm. Lee, what do you think about well, this dweeb? I, I have to feel <laughs> you're not trying to influence our opinion. No, not at all. I would never okay. do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're bugged because his name is Luther. Um, <laughs> no, that was a good one. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm with Clarence, of course. It's it's so interesting to think that this was, uh, what, 11 years ago? Yeah. And to think of how much the rise of uh, the, the young genius tech giant has, has come about in just the last few years. And love him or hate him, uh, it, it is still alarming to think about s- – individuals with this much power and influence and you wonder what their you wonder what their agendas are and in the case of this fictional character who i thought i thought is a great performance from that actor by the way oh yeah um yeah he's he's terrific Uh, but yeah why would you want an alien race to come and take over your planet um we've already seen a couple of characters just in this season already make this mistake they don't you think that the first person they're going to get, the last person they're going to get rid of is you? <laughs> don't, don't you understand how that, you know, and I guess the answer is no, we don't get it. But hmm. um, yeah. So, so very, so for me, I'm looking at him and I agree with what you said about very fine job by this young actor and whose name was Ryan Sampson. That's the gentleman's name. He did an outstanding, standing job of making you dislike him because just the facial you know expressions that he he made i i think he did an excellent excellent job like i said of making you dislike him the, the, he's perpetually smug and self-satisfied and that just makes you want to thump him yes yes and the the thing that just made me want to like thump him like just Maybe almost kick him a good one was the moment toward the end where the uh, Santarans have decided that they are going to go into this great battle. And, you know, they're doing their Santar Ha, Santar, and he starts there with them. And then he just yeah. kind of starts slowly. And then in a second, he's like, you know, in sync with them. And I'm like, Oh, you are such an ass. He's in there. He's in there. Oh, was that your moment? I thought your moment would have been when uh, first the doctor just jabs at him with the was, were, conditional clause thing. Yes. And then he corrects the doctor on the Atmos emission, the the AOS system system. Yes. (laughs) And he just tears into the doctor, at least he tries to. So, you know, he's waiting for that moment to get back at the doctor because he's been slighted. (laughs) <laughs> just, yeah and uh, it shows just it is that you can get his whole backstory in that moment right it's like yeah. this has been his whole life this is this is the, the only way he's been able to fight with people is on the level of pointless bickering like that and he's yeah. finally got a chance to get all the bullies back <laughs> <laughs> he's he's found a race of of meaner people who are smaller than he is yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and little does he know he is nothing more than a useless pawn Exactly. Yes. So that's beautiful. So I want to switch gears. We've been talking about characters that are either alien or human or companions or doctors or whatever. I want to talk just a little bit about Atmos for a moment. Mm, Yes. And, you know, we've always referenced recently uh, when we've been reviewing saying what's going on in the world that this might be a social commentary. And it's interesting that Atmos, you know, it's got the clean concept of air, which, you know, keeping your planet clean, I get that. But I found it interesting that you paired that in a device that also gave navigational assistance, clean air and navigational assistance. Why not? Why not? But it just don't quite go together. <laughs> well, you get I look at it more so as like a car augmentation or a vehicle augmentation. It can fit any vehicle, you know. So it it, it was much yeah. more than just the GPS. Uh but yeah, it just seems like something sitting on the dashboard from the from the on the face of it anyway. Yeah. You know, to and me, that's the way I yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, that's the way I read that was just for most people they're just going to say, "Oh, we have this on our cars now." And that's, you know, that's all you need to know. Whether or not 
emission systems and navigation have anything to do with each other. People just say, oh, you have that on your car now. Mm. So, but, but maybe maybe they saw a little bit of the, of the future because now the electronics and the navigation is so in, ingrained in the cars as far as even self-driving in some instances. Uh, so maybe they kind of saw the future with this one a little bit. I I watched this episode and then we went and picked up the my rental car because my my car was totaled in the flood, and so I have this this 2019 vehicle that has a beautiful backup camera that that will sneak around corners and stuff like this. It's just a just a fabulous thing. But when you back up, you have to take your foot off the brake. It what? won't it won't let you back up if your foot the driver's is on the brake. Oh. Okay. So that was really creepy to me coming from watching this episode and then trying to figure out why the car wouldn't let me move. It The car has to do backing out of a parking space by itself. It will not let the driver do it. What? Yeah. So Wow. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, after we get through recording, you can tell us what kind of rental car you have. <laughs> I'm so not I getting back get in that car. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my my headphones right now. I mean, Atmos is a is a is a sub brand of Dolby. My my headphones have Atmos <laughs> surround sound. So you know, and often. and when when I first moved up here in uh, mid Mississippi, I think there is an energy. Um, yes, there is. I just did a search. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. There is an yeah. Atmos energy. Atmos energy. Yeah. That, uh, is out and about in the area that I'm in. And every time I see an Atmos truck, I think, oh yeah, I don't (laughs) want to be driving that. Right. So I guess I do remember this episode more than I thought I did. (laughs) We remembered Atmos. Yeah. There there was also a fun moment in the episode where the doctor was headed for the lake. Him and Ross. Was it Ross? Yes. uh, Yes. Uh, Yeah. 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 When I cross. And, and he did the the uh, thing of outsmarting the AI, which you know, a fun <laughs> little bit there. Yeah. Well, one thing you know, before we move on, I want to mention I wanted to see when the first non-military grade cars, or when we first had GPS, and I found online that Mazda in 1990 came out with something called the EUNOS, UNOS, I believe, Cosmo, and it was Mm. the first production car in the world with built-in GPS navigational system. So, FYI, a little bit of tidbit of news, or or fact there, not news, fact, but it's news to me, but anyway. All right, one other thing that I want to mention before I turn it over to you guys to see if you have anything that we haven't covered, and then we will get into our favorite quote and favorite scene. I did a little research about UNIT, because obviously we see UNIT here in this episode, and I want to see if either of you knew this fact. The previously known United Nations Intelligence Task Force, they changed the name and show to the Unified Intelligence Task Force at the request of the United Nations. Mm, like the real United Nations. I found that interesting. If true, fascinating. Yes, sir. Doctor Who fans? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> if, you, if you hear my skepticism, uh, <laughs> because I would really think their attitude would be, who cares? Right. But, but mm. does it mean that somewhere, there, somewhere, the problem is that somewhere there was or is a United Nations Intelligence Task Force. I mean, I, I can certainly imagine there would be. That's that's a pretty generic name for something. And and maybe they didn't like, uh, and maybe that was formed after the 80s, probably a Doctor Who fan inside the UN, maybe. I just thought that that was interesting because it never made sense to me in story, and it always troubled me that it was now the unified intelligence, because I was like, no, that's not. That's not what unified is not unit. It's United Nations. Yeah. Is that the change going forward? Like, mm-hmm. does it stay? Does I it think change? it does for yeah. for a while, and then they just kind of just called it, started calling it unit again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might, they, they, they probably wanted the prime SEO position, so they made them change their name. I don't know. Maybe so. Well, that's possible. <laughs> I mean, they got the muscle, but but I do know the people who make um, you know cosplay stuff that they were irked because the new logo uh, has only two initial periods in it instead of three because it's U N period I period T period 
hmm. instead of you, period, in, period, I. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. They can just say, hey, I'm classic. You're new, different, different right. era. There you go. All right. So before we get to our favorite quote, do any of the two of you, or either of the, not any, but either of the two of you, have any comments or things you had to bring up that we have not covered? Hmm. Martha's a proper doctor. That's one thing. Um, also, um, I like the moment when I guess they, you know, oh, doctor, we know you, unit, you're a part of unit, you've been a part of unit forever, whatever, at, at the beginning of the episode. And then Donna comes back and gives this little spill about Donna, by the way, Donna Noble, since you didn't ask, I'll have a salute. Yes. <laughs> so I, I thought that little part was pretty funny. <laughs> Cool. What about you, Mr. Shackelford? Is it wrong that I think uh, evil clone Martha oh, is uh, hot? <laughs> okay. Or at least yeah. it's, not, it's not just me then. Okay. You were not wrong because I was like, okay. what? What? What did they change? What? I don't. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's just Freema. It just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It made me think about New Earth a little bit with uh, Rose. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and I was waiting for that. I promise you, yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I, I was waiting for that. The whole you knew one of us was. Gonna I, say. I, yeah, I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait because I know one of them's going to bring it up. <sighs> so, I, and, and which I'm glad you did because that proved me right. I like being right. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. All right. So, favorite quote was. Uh, <laughs> what was your favorite quote, uh, Lee? Why don't you take this one first? What was your favorite quote? Uh, well, I always love a pun. I just, you know. I'll always go for a pun. And the doctor being cheeky when General Stahl says, an intruder. The doctor says, an intruder. How'd he get in? Intruder window. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Oh, boy. Intruder window. All right. Mr. Uh, Brown, what say you? What is your favorite quote? Another done a moment. Great big outer space dunce. Yeah. That's what you are. <laughs> Okay, so um, this will be appropriate for me, considering the type of work I do. The doctor to Donna says, why? Where have you been? Donna says, personnel. It's where all the weird stuff is happening in the paperwork. <laughs> I actually like that moment, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good it was a good uh, it, Donna being resourceful. Yeah, yeah, it's logical. And she's right. You know, it's, it, it reminds me of the if you talk about the current season, everybody kind of falling into their specialties. You know, she got a chance to show her specialty. It was kind of cool. Yeah. And you know what? You just made me think of something. This is another example of why I think Donna was such a great character, because Donna didn't run around the whole episode going, you know, doctor, doctor, you know, help me, help me. I need to be saved or whatever. She went, she did her own thing and she came back, you know, yeah. kind of like what you were saying about the current set of characters. You know, they're, they, they're not sitting there waiting for the doctor to rescue. Hmm. Hmm, I like that. Yeah, very true. All right. So we've said our favorite quotes. What would we say as being your favorite scene? Mm. Yeah, that is harder, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I think, I think the, the doctor and Luther's little verbal battle there, uh, it was, uh, it, it was, there's sparks, <laughs> sparks crackling. Yeah. I, I like that. Put two geniuses in a room. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Lock the door. <laughs> Nerd <All> fight. Right. <laughs> All right. So, Clarence, what, what's your favorite scene? Well, I'll talk about the other scene that I thought would have been just as combative, but turns out it wasn't, was when uh, Martha and, and, and Donna finally um, had a chat. You know, I expected it to be a little more, um, I don't know, I, I was expecting to be a little more drama with that, but it wasn't any. It was just like, okay, <laughs> you're cool. Yeah. I see yeah, your ring. I, you're getting I'm married. Glad they, I'm glad they didn't go with that because that's what uh, Sarah Jane and Rose had done. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Also, the the doctor being a typical man, not observant of, of anything, and he yeah. doesn't notice the ring on Martha's finger, and of course Donna notices it, you yes. know, because because she's a woman. Yeah, <laughs> she sees these things. Who, who got left at the altar? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I'm going to go back just a little bit earlier, but not very far, but just a little bit earlier. 
And the moment that I find is my favorite scene was when the phone rings and he picks it up and it's Martha. And it's actually mm-hmm. Martha's scene of saying, you know, doctor, it's Martha and I'm bringing you back to earth because in new who and, and really in classic uh, to some, some degree, I mean, I know they came back some, but this was a character that we just saw leave at the end of last season and she's coming back front and center saying, hey, I'm bringing you into a new episode after she had just left. I I just liked that you had that overlapping, interconnecting of two companions and and something I just like about that. And that was the moment that that happened. So that was my favorite scene. So I have a question before we wrap up. Considering the fact that this is a part one of a two-part story, do you guys want to forego doing a rating for this episode and do an entire rating or just con- also do a rating for this episode? What says what says the room? Well, we've rated each uh, part individually in the past. Okay, so let's go for it. I'm just saying that's what we've done in the past. No, that's good because I'm getting old and my brain doesn't quite work as well. Well, there you go. <laughs> so can't, can't teach an old Kyle new tricks. There you go. So, young man, tell me. Uh, <laughs> and, and since you helped me remember, young man, tell me. Right. What is your rating of this episode? I'm going to give this a solid three nine. I uh, I really enjoyed it. It's it's not um it's not everything one could hope. There there's there is a lot of um, standing around talking and people walking and stuff, but. Uh, it's still um, the, the it builds to an impressive cliffhanger, and you really want to find out what's going to happen next week. I'll give it that because we put Wilf in danger, you know. Yeah. So yeah. can't have that. What about y'all? All right. What you say, Clarence? Uh, I'm gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it a four. Clone Martha, you know, uh, yeah. give me that mm-hmm. extra little okay. tick at the end there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It was it was an okay episode. Again, like not the most fun I've ever had, but it was cool to see these interactions between uh martha donna uh seeing doc the doctor go back to unit again or interact with unit i should say i thought that was pretty fun and and donna's family i thought they you know they were fun in this episode as well so you know i get a four yeah what about you gal all right so i would give it a four but i was just extremely irritated by the dweeb Especially, I know, but the Santar Ha thing, there was just something <laughs> about him falling into the masses and, and being the follower. And, oh, and I know I can be a follower at some points at some times, but still something about that irritated me. So I've got to give it a 3.75. I've got to get, give off a little bit of that just for the irritation value alone. So 3.75. Still enjoyed it for everything that you guys said, but. That that part just kind of graded my nerves. So three point seventy five. Cool beans. All right, cool deal, cool deal. So Clarence Brown, I have a question for you. If anyone were listening to this episode and wants to find out other things that you are working on, where might you point them? Uh, I'll just say head on over to discussingnetwork.com where you can find all the shows we work on, as well as uh, subscribe to the Discussing Network feed, which <laughs> has all of our podcasts on one single feed so yeah check it out sweet all right mr lee shackleford what about you what about me what do i really want in life (laughs) um i've been working on the relativity podcast website which is of course relativitypodcast.com and it's now brand spanking new it's completely beautiful and has sexy pictures of clarence brown on it hey (laughs) um I'm a straight dude. I don't, I, I'm, I'm guessing I'm speculating. <laughs> no, but this is, this is, you do have a, uh, you have a handsome kind of headshot with a disgusting track t-shirt on, which I think is, is really nice. Anyway, nice pictures of me too, I may say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, nice looking website. And it just made me think, um, since you've folded so many of, so much of the content here together in the discussing network site, it looks like you've redone that as well. And it's really, when you go to DiscussingNetwork.com, what you get is a graphic blaze. It's just, it pops, man. It's cool. So I want to encourage people to do that if you haven't been to DiscussingNetwork.com and see that. But yeah, follow what I'm up to, RelativityPodcast.com. Cool, Dale. Well, for anyone who is listening that is a comic book fan, 
I did an interview a couple of weeks ago, and the episode went out this past weekend with a gentleman who I hope will be back on discussing comics very soon. But he he has a podcast called The Extremely Geeked Out Podcast. And <laughs> if you want to find out more about his podcast, go to Discussing Comics, listen to the episode. And, you know, of course, also check out his episodes as well. His name is Ron Stevens, and it was a very good conversation. Had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, kudos to him. He has a lot of good comic book passion and kudos to him so yes uh, extremely geeked out podcast is the name of his show as well as check out discussing comics to find out more about him so guys thank you for joining me this was fun i can't wait to get back and find out how this episode ends because i don't remember because it's been so long since i watched it <laughs> yeah me either it's, yeah genuine surprise yes indeed so thank you guys appreciate your time and as always anyone listening we appreciate your time thank you for listening and we will be back next time you've been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com discussing who is brought to you by audible You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?